You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Well, they're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all of our episodes at movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. I'm going to start off the show tonight with a public service announcement to all the teenage girls out there in the United States or in the world for that matter. Teenage girls, this is for Movie Guys podcast. If you break up with a guy and you wake up one day and you open up your curtains and your bedroom window and you see your broken up boyfriend sleeping half naked in a sleeping bag in your yard marry him because clearly he is sane we're talking about valley girl tonight eric how the hell are you doing I, I was questioning how you were opening up there jordan uh i was hoping that it was going to be uh at least movie related i am better i uh now the movie had ended uh i guess i'm not any worse going in into this i'm, I'm curious to know why you had us watch this movie but then i remembered uh it was because there is a a remake with, uh, of course, Ryan's favorite, Logan Paul. <laughs> and it's and it's a musical. Ryan, how you doing? Yeah, I've been we're, practicing this, so give me just bear with me for a moment. So they got your letters, Ryan. There, they made another one for you. I am doing so totally trippendicular. Oh. Go. I would say it must have been some sort of anic or uh, index uh, glossary that you were able to. The lingo yes, and is the, very fantastic. And the thing is, I found the the pictures they use on this website are all from Clueless, but as we know, she's from Beverly Hills, not the San Fernando Valley. So they need to get their shit right. They do. Although they do mention it in because she's from the hills. Remember that part where she's in the valley, and she kind of said it in disgust a bit. Remember? I don't know if you guys remember that. So. I don't know Everything much about is- California, but I guess the hills are better than the valley, and the valley is is better than the other. It's like Hollywood's the poor people, the San Fernando Valley is middle class, and Beverly Hills are the rich hoity-toity people. Yeah, that sounds about right. So then the question is, why is Movie Guys Podcast reviewing 1983 Valley Girl? Well, there's a long history with your truly here on Valley Girl. And uh, this is the fifth time that I have seen this movie, twice with my wife. And this is your guys' first time ever seeing this movie. Believe it or not, this movie is considered to be a classic now. Hmm. Was it anything older than 20 years is considered a classic? Or is that just no. cars? Not in not in that aspect, buddy. I mean, like, this thing has a following. But before I tell you why I chose this movie to kick it off, 
we are doing another retrospective series here, folks. We're going to do our 80s hard-rated R, uh, hard R teen sex comedies, if, if you will. We're going to do Valley Girl, of course, tonight, Porky's, and also Fast Times at Richmond High and Risky Business. So look for that series progressing throughout the rest of the year. And tonight we're kicking off with Valley Girl. Why? Yes. So why? So first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why I had an interest in seeing this movie. We're all the same age. We all loved VH1 in the early 2000s. What was my favorite show on VH1 in the early 2000s? I love the 80s. You guys have seen that. Yeah. Right? That's how, that was my introduction of pop culture, essentially. And they talked about Valley Girl in that and how it was this such this cultural phenomenon and how it's now in the zeitgeist and how women still talk like this and all that stuff. So that caught my interest to seek it out. Quentin Tarantino has said that this is one of the best films of all time. Really? Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino. If you do not believe me, you guys can look it up right here on the show. And now, either I'm mistaken on him saying that it's one of the greatest films of all time, or it's one of his favorite films of all time. But Quentin Tarantino is behind Valley Girl, Hook, Line, and Sinker. As soon as you said that, I tried to instantly think of any foot scenes that I remembered in this movie. Now, if that does not spark your interest, another very famous director, you guys may not like him or not, who says that this is another one of his favorite films of all time is Kevin Smith. And there's a fun story where his wife was given birth to his uh, daughter, uh, Harley, and during labor in the hospital... She had Valley Girl on loop until Harley was born. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I guess I, I missed some sort of cultural mark on this one because I, like, I, I, I've seen it. It's not like I was taking notes during this movie. It's a quick, it's a quick buck twenty nine here uh, for the length here, an hour, hour and a half. Is, is so there's not a whole lot uh, going on. And yeah, we'll we'll get into its. Um, well, it's it's material that it's borrowing from a little bit later, uh, but like there are a few things that happen in this movie that just don't get addressed again, or like things that happen and people are just like, oh yeah, okay, go ahead, you know, you can do that. Right. It, it, it's just like, oh, that's just the way that it is. we're not gonna explain the three elephants in the room. We're just gonna let this. Okay, here we go. Um, also, one of those movies that don't necessarily pass the 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 modern PC test. I guess, mm-hmm. but um, right. I, I, the test, yeah, I, I don't understand. I, I guess if it's just a time capsule movie, that I can understand that. But I, I can just, I can point I you another exactly direction of other is. movies that would would be able to do the other thing. You know, I think that's exactly what it is. I think this is a time capsule movie. I mean, like, say what you will about Kevin Smith, you may or may not like him. But he's a very famous, popular director, and saying that this is one of his favorite films of all time, that's interesting to me. And Tarantino, one of my top ten favorite directors of all time, says this is one of his favorites. Okay, there has to be something to it. I don't know what it is, because get into the nuts and bolts of it here. The main girl, I'm just going to call her the Valley Girl, she's a bitch. (laughs) She's a a terrible human being. Uh, Julie, main character Julie, right? terrible yeah i don't understand um uh, yeah sure 
You're, you're right. I mean, I, I was going instantly towards the end, but I guess we want to save that that conversation. Again, it seems like her actions that she talks about it with everyone involved except for the two guys that she's, you know, that that are are involved. Uh, Ryan, you haven't said anything, buddy. What you thinking about the Tarantino reference, Kevin Smith reference? Do you think Julie is like just a terrible person? Like, where where are you at so far? Um, the only reason I can think that would make sense... Well, Tarantino likes a bunch of weird movies. Um, the, I would imagine it's because he grew up in Hollywood. Uh, I think they, I think he moved there when he was like 10 or something, really young. So he would have been roughly like, I think maybe in his, like maybe 20 or so when this movie came out. So this would be like a reflection of the culture he grew up in. And this movie is incredibly dated. Um, like a time cat, like a time capsule of the era, especially with all those popped collars. It was incredible. Um, but Kevin Smith is kind of strange. Um, but I mean, if you chasing Amy has the same sort of mentality, I guess, just kind of, it's about a gay woman, a guy falling in love with a gay woman instead of a punk kid falling in love with a Valley girl. Um, right. <clears throat> but no, I don't think Julie is a terrible person. I think that, She's very. Uh, I think that the the script is very poorly written, and uh, lets her down to such a, like the character down to such degree that by the time we get to the part where she has to make a choice, it feels very forced and manufactured just to create tension. Because um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but it comes out of nowhere. It absolutely does, and this is why I'm disagree with you. That actually, is that I feel that she's the bitch is because the beginning of the movie starts with her breaking up with her boyfriend. Right. Uh, who, by the way, not a good looking jock. Right. Like you want like some guy from a Friday 13th movie to be like, this guy is not attractive for actually she's not attractive either. But anyway, uh, she breaks up with her boyfriend. Right. And then she deals and hangs out and dates the punk. And then she just goes to lunch or in a dinner with her girlfriends. And they're like, yeah, go with go with jock. So then she breaks up with Nicolas Cage. And then he stalks her, literally. She finds it cute, and she can't make her decision after that. To me, she comes across as a terrible person. And she doesn't know what she wants. That's that's, uh, that's back when you could chase women. I mean, like, literally, like, physically, chase them and grab them. It was uncomfortable to watch Nicolas Cage kiss in this movie. He seemed to be unable to do it without taking both of his hands to the back of a female's head and pushing it and just right into his face to suck the soul from it. It it was uncomfortable to, to watch. He did that a, a lot. I hope not everyone kissed like that back in, in 83 um, because it, it looked like it hurt. Well, so you don't feel – well, I have a question before we move on because you called Julie a bitch. Yeah. Um, how, you don't feel the same way about Nicolas Cage's character because his character is a creep. Like, he's literally a creep. Um, no, he yeah. shows up to a house party uninvited and then he gets kicked out. Uh, now, granted, it's rude how he got kicked out, but he gets kicked out because he doesn't know anyone there. And what does he decide to do? He decides to come back, crawl in through the upper uh, upstairs bathroom and hide in the shower while presumably... Well, we saw five or so people come in before Julie... I'm, I'm assuming all, he heard a lot of people shitting and pissing in that toilet. 
Right. Didn't make himself no. known until Julie came in. Uh, Ryan, you're 100% right. And that's one of the things I'm going to say about this movie, about why I think that these said directors probably like it, is that I don't think anybody in this movie is actually fucking likable. I mean, Nicolas Cage is 100% a creep. Like I said at the beginning with my public service announcement, she breaks up with him and she opens up her window and he's asleep on the lawn and a sleeping bag. Not to mention the multiple jobs he has taken uh, to to stalk her even more. Like and he laughs. He la- she laughs while he spills food on her boyfriend. It's like, yeah, exactly. Just, he was an usher at the movies uh, and took her ticket, and then uh, yeah. So it was um, it was interesting. I liked also how the marquee uh, changed for the movie theater changed. Um, given the situation of the movie. Right, right. And this is also the first time we get Nicolas Cage. This is this is not Nicolas Cage's first movie ever, but this is the first time he's introduced as Nicolas Cage before he was Nicolas Coppola. We all know the family ties with that. Interesting, though, his name was not in the beginning credits. It was top billed at the ending credits, but not the beginning. Did you guys notice that? Wait, so he's the Valley Girl? He's top bill over her. End credits, jumping way ahead of ourselves. End credits, down the freeway. First person named Nicholas Cage. Second person, Julie. Oh, so you got that billing there, but he was not on the in the the opening credits. He was not on the opening credits, which I find that to be interesting because it would be you know her and then him would be in the opening credits. You know, you but, you would think that you would um, like to know who's playing Romeo and Juliet. Right, right. I will oh, say though, it's Randy and Julie. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God, God damn, that's terrible. Get them, get them mixed um, up. I will say that the one character that I did uh, kind of have an interest in um, was the Total Valley Girl, uh, the short one, uh, the blonde that totally spoke like this a lot, uh, who had a run-in with Julie's boyfriend upstairs. Yeah, that we never talk about again. So why did we get to see it in the first place? Exactly, and that is that's where my issue is with it. But I, but I liked her enough because I could felt like there was there was at least one or two scenes in the movie where like it was like she was gonna bring it up. Like you can tell, like like the camera just moved right in her face and said, "You're gonna bring it up yet? You're gonna bring it up yet?" And she never does. But I thought that would have been an interesting conflict because would have been better. For uh, the short blonde friend to say, hey, Julie, you shouldn't go back with your boyfriend because he kind of had my boobies out upstairs, you know, when you guys were still together. Yeah. Wow. That, like, that why would... did that happen? That would that's so what happened. I, I, I'm also. Yeah, you're right. I'm also confused because I had to remind myself that everyone involved, including with that, they're all supposed to be in high school. Uh, at this time, even though that uh, a lot of these actors look like they're uh, well, look at the same age as the uh, the parents that are playing them as well too. Everyone just looks the yes. same age. Every, everyone looks yes. the, the the same age. It looks like they all. Everyone just kind of showed up day one uh, for a casting call, and um, then the, the casting director just went down the line and was just like, "Okay, you're Randy, you're Julie, you're Lauren, you're Tommy, you're Fred," and in action. And that, um, so. That's what happened. Because of that. Well, because of that, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was so waiting to tell you guys this one. Um, and I'm doing the so's because of this movie. Uh, Julie's parents, like the hippie uh, family ties parents, right? Yep. 
they are, when they filmed the movie, nine years older than her in real life. Yeah, they look yeah. Yeah. Uh, real, real young here. Um, yeah. Right. Okay, so, so Ryan, I'm going to ask you this question, and then Eric, I kind of want to ask you the same question too. But Ryan, you don't see at all that, that there's the zeitgeist with this movie. You don't see uh, that this has now become a cultural or a cult hit now, uh, that this is something that has become a time capsule where this is how it was. I don't think that the movie necessarily is going down as being a good movie, but I think what Eric said at the beginning of the show was correct, that if you were a person growing up in this time period, in this part of the country, this is something you want to show your kids, so to speak, to show them what it was like, right? I mean, do you think that's why this is beginning a second renaissance because we got a remake from it now? I mean, why is this so popular? If you don't think a it's lot a good of, movie, why? A lot of dumb movies have cult followings. Um, I mean, I read today on the internet that people are demanding the four-hour cut of Revenge of the Sith. People like people are vocal. They like stupid things. So stupid things become popular because other people think that, you know, because someone else is talking about it, let me check it out. This movie, the only... No, this movie's not a good movie. It's very bland. <laughs> it's very poorly written. The characters are terrible. The setups are terrible. The movie is... The, there's no emotional connection. They're, it, the, the, they're trying... They, they based it off Here's here's here is I think two examples of how poorly done the movie is okay. from a writing aspect. The movie is based off Romeo and Juliet. Okay, Clearly. you have Randy Romeo. Well, the movie uh, lets you know that during the falling in love montage, where it rack focuses to the marquee and it says Romeo and Juliet right. um, after they kiss. But anyways, so you got Romeo, Randy, Juliet, Julie, Tybalt, Tommy. What uh, Mercutio, Mercutio is Romeo's best friend, but what did they name Randy's best friend? It's not Marcus. It's Fred. It's not Mark. It's Fred. And then uh, they decide to let them live at the end, right? They they go away. They go off into the sunset, graduate style, and it, nothing feels earned. Nothing feels deserved. It's just. Yeah, but it, they, they say totally tubular a couple times, and they wear a lot of pop collars, which I'm very concerned. Um, I haven't looked at the data, but I'm very interested. If there's so many popped collars, how many? what was the statistical data on car crashes from men drive, <laughs> male drivers at the time? Because there's no way you can properly turn your head enough to see side to side. There was, okay. like, a lot of bandanas, too, I got uh, to see worn, like, as a scarf. Or as a headband, where like the fashion in this movie stole the movie for me. Like that was obviously more eye catching than a lot of uh, well, the acting. Let's let's be honest. The uh, the, the hairdo, the popular, the uh, the hair dye of Fred, where it was like um, you you know where you just had the top dyed blue, kind of like that Robbie Downer Jr. treatment they did in uh, uh, Back to School. So, so it must have been a popular thing. I guess it's a popular thing, man, for those freaks uh, to do. Um, I guess it was a uh, maybe a queer thing to do, as the song at the end of the movie would suggest. Yeah, that was a very offensive song, I think. Maybe. Johnny, are you queer? But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I'm not a fashion guru. 
Um, I buy myself at Walmart or Amazon. So I'm not a fashion guy. Uh, believe it or not, I have never owned a pair of designer shoes, just so you guys know. Like, I've never oh, owned a pair of Adidas or Nikes. Just not my thing. You know what I mean? Just you got to at least once get a, get a fresh Maybe. pair of kicks. You know what I mean? Like, some nice I, shoes. I guess. I'd rather just spend 10 <laughs> what happened there? Over. Because the whole uh, with the crocodile guy, right? And we got you know like the jelly bracelets and the big bright colors. And then at the end of the eighties, like eighty-seven to eighty-nine, it was dark. And big hair and blacks and grays. And it was like total opposite of what the beginning was. And I dug the fashion in this one. Pop collars were cool when I was in college, Ryan. So know your shit. Boom. Yeah, ever what since I can the, remember, the, I was popping my collar. What's the statistical, what's the statistical data on, on male-driven car crashes? Do I, you guys I know? No. We should compare eighty. We should compare eighty to eighty-four, and then two thousand, two thousand four. See if there's any link up there. I think. I think, and I cannot believe I'm defending this movie. I really cannot believe this because I was bored. I was on my phone majority of the time, bored uh, while the movie was going on. But I don't think, I don't think Ryan, you get it, or maybe maybe Eric as well. I, I, I think you guys get this movie is not trying to be Romeo and Juliet. They just literally was like, okay, let's do Romeo and Juliet, but let's do it different. I mean, like this movie was not made to be anything than what it was, which is a stupid uh, girlfriend movie, right? Hey, we're about girls. It's, I mean, if it's if it's using Romeo and Juliet as the backbone of its plot, it is. It's basically trying to be like it, because like, that's what it's basing the story on. But how many hundreds of movies stolen the idea of Romeo and Juliet? Though, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, no, I understand. Story. It's like the wrong side of the track sort of thing. But this one literally has a character named Rand. Like Randy is Romeo, Julie, Juliet. Like they they're not hiding it. Yeah. I sure fine. I'll go with you on that one. I don't think the movie is as terrible as you guys say it is. I think this movie would be more beloved if we were in our 40s, honestly. Uh, but, like, again, this movie's creepy. Uh, it, uh, Randy is very creepy. Uh, like I said, I think, I think Julie is a bit. I mean, she she breaks up with her boyfriend in the mall that began. Because she didn't give a reason? She didn't give a reason why she broke up with him, right? She just says, like, you're, like, totally bored, boring or something She like was over it, you know? She, she was, yeah, she was over it. She was over it. Yeah. So then she wanted some strange, you know? So then she got to Hollywood, which I guess back in 83 was the wrong side of the tracks. And well, that's then, where all the, yeah. the hoods live. That's where all the punks are, you know? They're, they're spray-painted hair, and they're... Yeah, that's on the strip... Um, like if you, there's a bunch of movies, uh, if you ever, like the dirt, they talk about the strip, uh, yeah, yeah. the Motley Crue movie, um, that's a lot Hollywood. of bands, uh, all, I'm sorry. I said that's, that's the strips Hollywood. Yeah. That was yeah. Hollywood. Like the main okay. strip that's, that's in Hollywood. Um, that's where all the movie theaters were all like the, the, the little shops, the bodegas and everything. Um, that's where the club he goes to, the bar place that he goes to in the movie a couple times. Um, that's where all like the no good people who were trying to just get a quick buck lived. 
And if you, you know, there's that mountain partition, whatever, I don't know what that hill giant place is, what that thing is called. But they, they do, like at the movie, there are a couple good things in this movie. I will give them that. They do a very good Ooh. job at the beginning with that flyover shot where it goes across the Hollywood Strip, uh, past the Hollywood sign over the that mountain thing, whatever. And then you see the valley proper. It's giving you a quick demarcation of them and them. Like they are not the same thing, which is right. good. But that's right. like one of the very few good things it does. But yeah, like, and um, I like that it focuses. There, there's a, a particular attention paid to the music that you hear on the strip, which I was really surprised because a lot of the stuff in this movie, um, at least from the soundtrack, it was a lot of like Brit new wave stuff from the early '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they play modern Englishism out with you uh, twice in the movie, once during the falling in love montage, and then the credits at the end. Um, but I thought at this time they were starting to switch into like, like the the hair metal stuff in '83. But I guess I guess I, I was I'm wrong. No, well, no, because Girls, Girls, Girls came out in '87. I mean, that was it. Like, uh, it's yeah. not like it was it was going metal here, but yeah, it was still poppy. It was still very bubblegum in part of the movie. I mean, you had uh, you know some rock that was in there i heard some men at work i heard some some well cures new wave but um i heard uh not like anything metal though uh oh no. uh, the, i heard the clash i heard some uh, london calling i think somewhere in there too so i mean it has some you know some rock in there but other than that yeah there was a lot of other um i can very very poppy stuff um and wherever the hell that band was at the end uh again that kind of just just sums up that uh, group of what they're going for, but this again, this is like a lunchroom type of movie where you just had a bunch of different cliques kind of represented in a movie of the times, and you put some attractive people. I guess that's what they all thought attractive people were back then, and they put them all there. And uh, I've, I'm just, I feel so bad. I, I feel like the hairstyles back then were just. I'm not trying to say that ours are maybe any. Yeah, I am trying to say actually that every other. <sighs> Uh, every other decade probably had better hair than than that. That one was it was like teased and feathered, you know, on both genders. It was ridiculous. So, so how is this any different? Because I got a few more questions before we close out the show. But one of my questions is, how is this any different than American Pie? How is this any different than Porky's, which we're going to review next week? All Porky's and American Pie is just a bunch of dudes trying to get laid for the first time. So how is this and those movies I would argue are more respected than this. So what's the difference? Those those movies are more comedy. This movie is more romance. So you have those two movies I guess you could say in safety geared more towards maybe a a, a male kind of uh joke a, a kind of humor where this kind of would be more towards the the romantic you know and if you want to put that in a female genre you can but it's this is a romance movie it's not comedy there are maybe some lighthearted bits but this is more this is, this is a romance movie right okay, so ryan you agree I, I i agree completely with that statement the like porky's is just crude humor through and through like it, it goes it's it's trying to hit gags and trying to, I mean, for the time, pushing what is technically acceptable. Um, because, I mean, you don't really, you've never really seen a, a, 
a movie where a guy sticks his dick through a, a hole in a woman's shower, then gets it yanked on by the the head, the what is she, the gym teacher? Yeah, this man. Um, but this like is... American Pie, I think is is remembered mostly because they're like it's it's in the same vein as Porky's, where it's trying to give you just these these gags, all these these scenes where it builds up to the joke and everything, but it has that there's like there's a heart behind it like all these guys like they you feel like they're in real life like they could be people that are really friends going through these experiences um and like uh this the the, the storyline with oz and heather where they're falling in love and stuff like that um porky's doesn't really have anything like that but like yeah this is a movie that's this is a chick flick this is not a movie targeted at young men Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, glad you talked about a chick flick. I'm gonna say that for my last question. So my second to last question is: We all know that Arnold Schwarzenegger, you no know, jokes aside, is not a good actor. We like Arnold Schwarzenegger because we know what he's gonna do and what he's gonna bring. Right? Seeing Cage in this, and now is Nicholas Cage Eric ever been a good actor? Okay, listen. I just what's, been what's watched. I just been watched Community on Netflix, right? And it's a very meta show. They they talk about the I guess the motif of a, a many a TV show and uh, the the tropes of many a movie and you know just uh, things over and over again. And I enjoy it for that because you can appreciate that. I know that you guys have both analyzed and overanalyzed movies, TV shows, and maybe compared it or, or done a following of writers and producers or directors. There's a part in this show where the, one of the characters gets lost in trying to do a project about Nicolas Cage by taking a college class about, about Nicolas Cage. It, the question is, is he good or bad? Is, like, no one could really answer that because no one really knows because I it's mean, always I, I, it's always like the intensity and it, like it's there like the material and the substance and like you know what i mean the energy like it's there but like it just seems so mixed up in in your execution that i just i'm confused but i'm not disappointed i'm not in, impressed in the traditional sense, it's it's a brand of its own, and it it worked. So that's that's see. about I I'm gonna dodge that question as well as the TV show did. <laughs> I think uh, for me personally, I I think Nicolas Cage is a good actor. Um, the the problem with the popular perception is that he does a bunch of shit. Because he, I feel like he's one of those people that he's always going to swing for the fences, right? If you get, if you, like, you let him do his thing, he's just going to take it to the the nth degree, and he's gonna, he's just gonna go. And if you have a director who is good, he can be reined in to such a degree that he is a good actor. But if you don't, uh, he's just going to be Nicolas Cage shouting a lot um making weird faces so it he is good i think he's a good actor but i like 
you could you could compare him. Now this is gonna be like a lofty one, but Brando, Marlon Brando, is usually considered the greatest director or greatest sorry greatest actor um, in American history. He was one of the forerunners of method acting and all this stuff. But he, you know, after he stopped giving a shit, if the director wasn't good and couldn't rein him in, you weren't going to get a good performance out of him. You would get something that was strange and weird, and he would just go full Brando. Uh, the, the movie I know you guys you are coming to mind is The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yep. Um, <laughs> exactly. I actually, I actually, now once you continue... I actually kind of like that's one of my guilty pleasures. But go ahead. You're gonna say what? What are you gonna say, Rob? Rob War or what? Is that one with uh, Brad? Oh, yeah, one with Brad Pitt, right? No, I mean. Oh uh, no, Legends Monroe's of the Fall. One of my guilty pleasures, Legends of the Fall. Uh, yeah, uh, Monroe's one of my guilty pleasures. But go ahead, Rob. But like Nicolas Cage, if you know something like um, Matchstick Men, he he's trying to go that full Cage, but Ridley Scott's a good enough director to rein him in. Um, same thing with adaptation. He playing he's playing two characters in that movie, twin brothers. Um, but Spike Jones is a good enough director to rein him in. But you know, it, like the, a lot of the modern stuff. Um, the one that sticks in my mind is Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, the second Ghost Rider movie. Um, <laughs> Neville cool. and Taylor are not good directors. Crank is a shit movie. Gamer is a shit movie. Crank Two is a shit movie. Um, they just have that. They just had a style at the time that hit, and they got a couple jobs out of it. But if you've ever seen that movie, he goes full cage, and it is unbearable. Um, I, but I personally, I, agree, I personally believe Nicolas Cage is a genuinely good actor. I agree with everything you said, but Crank Crank One is just uh, nonsense fun. Turn it off your brain and just ask why the lead singer looking park isn't it and have a good time uh so my last question before we close out the show guys is this is a is a good point to go off of what i think one of you guys said a little bit earlier about this being a chick flick right so here's here's a legitimate question no bullshit are chick flicks generally creepy because we watched the movie last night uh before the recording and then afterwards we're on youtube and uh everybody knows watch mojo right and they have a, a, a one for females, Miss Mojo. And they had the top eight reasons why Noah from The Notebook is a creeper. And they did this whole list. And my wife's like, I don't agree. I don't agree. No, that's not right. And I'm like, yeah, but he kind of built a house and, like, was weird. He kind of wrote her 365 letters and didn't get one response. Yeah, he's kind of a creeper. She's like, no, no. And then I said, "What well, do you think Nicholas Cage was a creeper sleeping outside on her on her lawn?" No, no, he just loves her. So my question is: Are chick flicks just creeper movies? That's a legitimate question. Don Juan DeMarco, that's that movie. It's not Brad Pitt. It's, it's Johnny Depp, Marlon Brando. After that question, Dad came in your mind. Okay. Well, no, no, no because when he, I said he had, been, he had been looking it up the entire time. You were well, no, because I know Rob Roy was completely correct. Because that's a, that's Lee Nissen. That's that's a completely that's that's a completely different movie. But even though that's still action and kind of rom- romantic as well too, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, drama, romance uh, type of movie. But no, I just want to get it correct. I I went. I added a whole bunch of movies there. Our uh. uh are romantic comedies? Would you say again? What are romantic movies? Just the same thing. I was talking. Eric was like, "I'm just gonna go." Like he goes on his rant. I'm just gonna look this shit up. 
I was, I knew I was so wrong, and I needed to correct myself, and because I, I hated, I, I, I knew it was the tip of my tongue. I, I was incorrect on those all those movies, and just wanted to get it. Anyway, so well, yeah. So did, weren't you saying before that all everything's taking a piece from yeah. Romeo and Juliet? No, 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 not at all. So, <laughs> so I will, I will shorten this up because the because the audience <laughs> who's listening has already heard the questions. I'm going to shorten this up for you. Do you think? that general chick flick movies like this is categorized as men are creepy and women love it a la noah and ally from the notebook builds the house for oh i heard that all that all that all that stuff do you think women for some reason like this fantasy of a creeper because my wife said last night noah's not a creeper and then i said well, Nicholas Cage was literally sleeping on her lawn. Is that creepy? She goes, "No, no." There's Sounds creepy to me. I, I think there there is context to those actions, though, right? Like Nicholas Cage doing that in this movie was clearly because. Well, he confessed his love to this girl, and she just dumped him without any reason, other than just no, no, go away, and and then that was it. And so he had been going crazy for her, and so give him, a, give the boy at least a an answer, give him a reason. Holy cow! Rather than just being, just say no. I mean, but again, they're supposed right. to be kids in, in high school, but uh, for um. Ryan Gosling uh, and his part, I mean, like, he had met her before, right? I mean, again, he had fallen in love with her, right? And this was an act of that that love. So I guess maybe that's what it's perceived as because of their actions I mean, are, are out of love because they've established that already. Sure, I guess. I mean, like, my idea of kind of creepiness, but also kind of romantic fine line is John Cusack can say anything when he stands outside of window with a boombox and sure. eyes are pretty Gabriel. But anyway, Ryan, same question for close of the show, buddy. Um, I'm dying to hear what you say about this one. Are chick flicks generally, I mean, do women that watch chick flicks think that this kind of behavior is okay? A la Notebook, this movie. Is it creepy? I think that a lot of people um, are really fascinated and hooked on the um, grand romantic gesture. Um, you have that one act that shows like you care about this person or you love this person, and it's more than just a uh, a lust thing. Like you're you're not just infatuated with them. You want something more. I think a lot of people like that feeling and and seeing that in movies. Now, if you take the context away, like Eric said, yes, they can come across as creepy, but a lot of movies do put context behind them to where you're going to buy into the grand romantic gesture. In this movie, the grand romantic gesture is that he stalks her. Um, without the context, yes, that is creepy. Um, but in the in the movie, it works because logically we've, we've seen the stuff that's building up to those moments. Um, okay. But yeah, I most chick flicks, um, like, yeah, if you remove context, they're probably, yeah, they would probably come across as creepy. 
That's what I think, because like I said before, uh, I mean, we were watching that stuff last night on YouTube, and she's like, no, he's not creepy. I was like, yeah, but he kind of wrote her a letter every day for a year. She never responded. She says, that's not creepy. He just loves her. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of weird, though. I mean, I break up with a girl. I write her a couple letters, let's say. She doesn't respond within, what, four months? Eh, Move on, right, bud? So, speaking of moving on, let's move on with our popcorn rating. Eric, let's go with you first, buddy. I'm dying to hear it. What is going to be your popcorn rating for Valley Girl 1983? I actually, I don't think I've I've done it, but maybe I have. I I would go with a no bag on on this one. Oh, a no no popcorn. Well, listen, I listen. It it's not like it wasn't the worst thing that I've that I've seen, but the only real purpose I can see of this movie is just, again, as a time capsule movie, a good way to see what maybe the the fashion attitude well, basically, pop culture was of 1983 and just kind of the early 80s of of that time in in California. But other than that, I'm really just, there's really no reason to to watch this. This is is like a, a, a Disney movie where they just, let's just put some young attractives in here and make them have a little bit of drama. That's it's some high school shit. It basically, and then it ends like the graduate. I don't understand that fucking either. Like it just, I, I don't even get an answer for that. Like you guys just you trash your prom, uh, and then you just and then you just leave. These guys spike the punch. Nobody gets to drink it because you you just you just throw it all over the place. So everything that they put in this movie just seems to get forgotten about later on. So I don't even know why they... It, it's like Chekhov forgot the gun and then everything else. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, fine. So it is very rare for Eric to give a small bag. I think in the five years of us doing the show with you, bud, this is probably less than 10 for you to give a no bag. For so I, I just I have nice. no reason to... It, did, it didn't hit me. I'm not saying that anyone else can't, but it didn't. There's no value for me watching it uh, now. Um... It's not like it's offensive or anything, but it's just I, I could completely do without this movie. So uh, for me, um, I think this movie's going to get a big resurgence now that the uh, now that the remake musical has come out because uh, every major uh, actress in this movie, uh, the short blonde who who had a fling with the guy upstairs, and also Julie. Uh, are all coming back, uh, reprising the role—not reprise the roles, but playing different. Roles oh, you know this, what? In that case, one. let me quick sh- change it to uh, a small bag. I said no bag. I'll do a small bag because they got some boobs in this movie. Okay, boobs, boobs, boobs. Uh, we got boobs twice. So, upgraded. Yeah, good. There you go. Forgot yeah. about it. Yeah, nice boobs too. Nice boobs. Not bad. Mm-hmm. I did not know boobs were that good in '83. Some good '83 boobs. There you go. They were. They were. Um. So I think this movie is going to get a resurgence um, even more than uh, recently in the past couple of years. I, like I said before, I have seen this movie five times. I knew what I was getting myself into. I don't hate the movie. I don't like the movie. It's something that I don't seek out. Um, but it's definitely for somebody who is a pop culture nerd, as I, I guess I would say I am. Uh, this movie is definitely something for you to watch. Uh, to go with that time period. And for me, it's just a small bag. I, I think Nicolas Cage, I will not agree with anybody. I don't think Nicolas Cage is a good actor. I think because of who his family is, 
I think it's his uncle, right? It's Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, he got into acting because of that. We've all seen Vampires Kiss, right? Terrible actor. He got lucky with the, what, leaving Las Vegas. He got lucky. And other than that, he's shit. He's a bad actor. Um, I don't think Julie was good at all. Uh, she was not somebody that I would even want to chase after. She had nothing to offer Nicolas Cage. She was a bitch. She broke up with him and didn't even give him a reason. He came to her house to take her out for the night. She was like, no, bye, see you, and shut the door. Like, really? So I just don't understand that that conflict at all. But overall, just from what I've said earlier, pop culture and loving the 80s as I do, I think it's a small bag. I think it's fine for what it is. Ryan, what say you for Valley Girl, 1983? Small bag for me. Um, this is a very basic movie, and I don't mean that in like the modern vernacular. Basic. It's just this. <laughs> there's nothing special. There is. Um, it's very bland to look at. Um, granted, the budget three hundred fifty thousand. Uh, I, I I checked the inflation counter. It's less than a million. So, you know, kudos to them for doing what they did on on a small budget. But it. There's nothing memorable to me. Nothing that stood out outside of the like they use some of the valley speak, and it, the the soundtrack's good, I guess. Uh, but other than that, no. There's nothing that I would find that re- to recommend in this. If you want to check out, um, I guess what a certain portion of a certain state was like in the '80s, go ahead. This is this is a movie to check out, but other than that, no, I, I I don't see anything really to recommend for this. All right, fine, fair enough. Well, this well this this is kicking off our '80s hard R teen sex comedies. So uh, coming up very soon in the future, we'll be doing Porky's. But next week, because uh, I'm terrible at this name for some reason, Ryan, what are we reviewing from Netflix next week? Extraction. Extraction, a movie that I have no absolutely 100% interest in seeing. I'd rather watch Valley Girl again. So we'll see. We'll see. We're watching this because it's popular on Netflix. Eric, didn't you say this was like like the like, like the biggest uh, numbers for Netflix or whatever? Uh, apparently it's there. I think right now it's for Netflix movies. Yeah, I think it's uh, Netflix's top movie. And, well, and whatever whatever that while, means, take it. it. I, I, it's meant to be vague. What? It was it was bright before, wasn't it? I don't know. Oh, uh, well, before the, the yeah, I, I believe yeah. Bright had a big one, and then uh, obviously Tiger King blew everything out of the water. But that's a series show, so I don't know what's what groups are in what, and again, top in what regard of what area genre we have uh, Netflix. Doesn't release too many numbers. All right. Well, uh, we're going to kick off June with that movie starring Chris Hemsworth. So I'm expecting another Triple Frontier, Eric. You know all about that one. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one next week. But like always, everybody who is listening, thank you so much for downloading. Like always, check us out on social media and, of course, on the Movie Guys podcast on podby.com. Uh, thank you so much, and Eric and Ryan, thank you for joining me for the discussion of Valley Girl. I'm so glad I forced you guys to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. It's better than anyway. Jurassic World. <laughs>
Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye.